Hello there, this is Rachel Hanker and welcome to the Living Fearlessly podcast. And today I'm really excited to have Kim Kaizan with me. She's a fellow transformative coach, a really good friend of mine. And I want to, I'm really curious to, to find out more about what living fearlessly means for you, Kim. So um, let's, just, let's just kick off with that, shall we? Fantastic. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I love that question about living fearlessly. And I, I, love, I love the book because, you know, I lived with a lot of fear um, for many, many years, you know, it just held me back and I, I wouldn't do the things that I really wanted to do in life. And so to me, living fearlessly is it's taking action on what I'm inspired to do in life and, and like really doing it without giving much attention to whatever is going on in my head. Because I know day to day, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that goes on in my head you know, about um, things that really looked important to me in the past, things that would really hold me back. But to me, living fearlessly is about seeing through all of that and just um, cracking on with life, as you British folks would say. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Let's crack on. (laughs) Crack on. (laughs) That's one of mine at the moment. Let's crack on. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that, Kim. And that's, that's so aligned with how I see living fearlessly too. And I know there's so many different elements to it. We could talk about this forever, which is why I wanted to do this podcast and talk to all different people and find out what it, what it is for them. But this, this heart, I love that you highlight the whole be, you know, living in that inspiration more of the time and, and ignoring that, the, the content of your thoughts because that was something that I battled with for so many years. I, I just thought it was so important what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think for a long time, like we, we can have it seem like our thoughts are who we are, you know, like it, like it doesn't even feel like it's like there's a thinker and there's thoughts. It just feels like whatever's going on in our heads, that's who we are in that moment. And And the, you know, coming across the understanding that that's not the case, actually, that we just have a lot of fluctuating thinking from time to time like that frees us up to, yeah, to just ignore a lot of what's going on in our heads and just follow the inspiration, follow what it is we're, uh, you know, we're passionate about doing, um, follow the next logical step sometimes, you know, like it's, and, and just not think so much about, um, not take so much heed of what's going on in our heads. That's such a, it's so freeing to not feel, um, handcuffed to all of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The sh- it's like the shackles off. Yeah, exactly. The, the thing that comes to mind, cause I've had a, I've, I've had kind of a crazy couple of last few years, you know, 2016 and 2017 were a little bit insane for me on a personal level. And, and I think about like, I think of some thinking I was really shackled to for a long time and it had to do with uh, my now defunct marriage, 
but it was, you know, I, I found myself um, not being like I was in a marriage that wasn't working for me on many, many levels and for quite a while, you know, meaning I wasn't feeling um, the depth of connection that I wanted to feel with my partner and uh, the support that I wanted to feel and that sort of thing. But I had a load of thinking about, um, it was actually my second marriage. I had loads of thinking about not wanting two failed marriages or not wanting to break up our family or not wanting to do that to my son or do that to my now ex. And like, I had just like that kind of thinking kept me really frozen for many years. It looked mm. really true to me. And, and I remember there was a moment in 2015. So now, like, I guess almost three years ago that I realized, like, I just saw through all that and thought, well, what do I really want out of life? What do I want to experience? And, and what do I want my life to be about? And I saw through all of that thinking, you know, and it allowed me to make a decision is even too much, too many words around it. Like it was obvious to me at that point when it needed to happen. And so, um, so that kicked off like all kinds of things that then happened in 2016, you know, just that some things that you're familiar with, but like, a divorce and breast cancer and a child with major surgery and moving and selling a house and turning 50. Like it was, it was, uh, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. And you're still smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I think about 2016, honestly, it was in, in many ways, one of the best years of my life because I got to really understand at a deep level where, our freedom comes from, you know, cause I did have a lot of challenging circumstances. There was no doubt that there was a lot that needed to happen in my life that year. And a lot of it wasn't pleasant, you know, dealing with breast cancer, the timing of the breast cancer was so crazy because I was literally about to, um, the divorce was almost final. Like we were th within a couple weeks of it being final and we were both moving out of our house and closing on the house, all kinds of stuff. And I found out I had breast cancer. And so it sound, it's like kind of funny now, but like at the time I had to go back to my then husband and say, I've just found out I have breast cancer. Can we postpone finalizing the divorce for a few months so I can stay on your insurance? Oh my God. You know, cause I just couldn't even face changing insurance on top of everything else in the middle of the health crisis. And of course, thankfully we were going through this in a really um, harmonious way mostly. And, and I got to, and he was fine with it, but it just like, even that little thing could have, I don't know, in my past, like that, that little thing about trying to negotiate the medical insurance could have really blown up, you know, but it was, it just, it just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and That's, it's seeing in the moment what we need, you know, like it was, it was really a simple request, but it could have, it could have seemed huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What well, what I hear in that, that's really interesting to me is that you were okay with being vulnerable there as opposed yeah. to worrying about giving him power, which is kind of like the old power struggle of the, the sexes that you could have gotten into there, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that you you drew that out because I hadn't seen it that way before. But I will say, like, why we are what I'm going to call successfully divorced. That's nice. Yeah, we can really, <laughs> we can work through things pretty easily, actually way easier than we could when we were married. Is, um, is that it's, and I hadn't realized it till you just said it, but it's that I, I don't have a lot of thinking about being vulnerable with him. You know, I just sort of ask for what I want or need and usually it works out okay. And if it doesn't, that's fine too. But I, I don't, yeah, we've gotten out of the power struggle, which is huge, huge. That's wonderful. That's very encouraging. I'm sure people are listening in with all kinds of situations going on in their lives, all kinds of self-judgment and stuff coming up. Like the, st the reason I love this talking about life in this way is because it's just so rich and I could probably unpack so many different things just from that five minutes there that that can be so transformative for people but really i think it's just to, just to kind of know even that there's somebody who can go through all of that stuff and be okay yeah. And, and be moving forward in their life and even talking about it. I think even that alone mm -hmm. can be so help, uh, you know, not helpful, but hopeful to people. Yeah. I, I bet so. You know, as I was going through all that, <clears throat> people would often say to me like, wow, you're, you're so brave or you have so much courage or whatever. And, when they would say that, like that never, it never occurred to me that way. Like it, like all that to me happened in that year of, you know, again, many challenges was like, I don't, I didn't need courage. I didn't need bravery. All I really needed was to know that, um, when I needed to do something, the next thing would be obvious for me to do. In other words, I didn't, in, in January 2016, when, when I filed for divorce and we kicked off that process, you know, part, there were a lot of things that needed to happen legally with our relationships with our families and son and like there were lots, but what I really kept an eye on all that needed to happen was the next, next logical step. And that was it. I didn't need to know three steps ahead or 10 steps ahead. I really only needed to do the next logical thing. It was the same thing with, with breast cancer as well. Like it, the, the reason I was able to stay really calm and it just didn't freak me out very much is just that I knew at a deep level, I was in good hands with my doctor. And I knew at each point in the process, I'd know the next thing to do because I was well advised. I was well informed. I was 
in touch with my own wisdom. And, um, but now if there were times when I would get way out in front of myself and start thinking a month ahead, two months ahead, what happens if, well, that could, you know, that's destabilizing, you know, so I, I kept that to a real minimum. So it, so what I'm saying is that it didn't take courage or bravery or anything I had to add to myself. It's more of when I just stayed out of my head about the future. Um, I was just able to be really stable throughout the whole thing and really pretty much happy most of the time too. I mean, I probably had my moments, but not many. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. That it's such a huge thing that you're saying so quickly <laughs> so <I know>. simply. <laughs> and it's, you know, I, I call it future fearful thinking. Mm. And I see it on so many levels in myself, with my clients, in, in just so many scenarios. And it, and it seems to be that no matter, even when we know it, we can so easily slip back or slip ahead. Like, I love what you said there about getting ahead. What was it? Get, getting in front of yourself. Yes. It, it's, it seems to me like it's, it's a constant temptation. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's such a constant temptation. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's, that's the funny thing, because in 2017 ended up a year where I was in front of myself a lot. You know, so in way less challenging circumstances, I got way ahead of myself. Wow. wow. So it just, it's just funny. Like I, I uh, you know, I started getting scared about my business, which actually had thrived in 2016. Like I grew my business by a boatload in 2016 yeah then I started worrying about it in 2017 got way out ahead of myself and then that became problematic you know no no matter what I fell in love and got way out of in front of myself in that and and that that was challenging for a very long time (laughs) and I can laugh about it now but uh yeah like it just but anytime we get out in front of ourselves like we're just not we're not built to thrive in the future. You know, we're built to thrive right now Yeah. with whatever is right in front of us. It's so beautiful because that's the solution all of the time. All of the time. All of the time. hundred <laughs> <I mean, laughs> percent. It's always the solution. Uh, but we just, we forget it or we ignore it. Or of course, people who don't have this understanding, which we're very passionate about understanding, you know, sharing with people so that they can have just a less stressy time of struggling and constantly being out in front of themselves. Um, people may never have even realize that's what's going on Mm -hmm. or sometimes I think before I had this understanding sometimes I'd be in that space naturally but I wouldn't understand why so I wouldn't necessarily be able to replicate it or I I would think oh gosh it all seems so easy then why was that I don't know I need to get back into flow and it was this constant battle 
which is what I write about a lot in in Living Fearlessly in the book, because it feels like so many of us are just engaged in this battle, <laughs> the battle of life. Um, but what I love, Kim, what I'd really like to hear a bit more about is, and I think can be so so encouraging for listeners who are finding themselves stuck in a situation that they think is has got them trapped is what you said about you had a lot of kind of judgment about you can't make a change because you can't have it's unacceptable to you to have two failed marriages or to do this to your child and so on that kind of thing was going on for you i think it would be hugely helpful for people and they we can apply this to any situation right it's mm -hmm. doesn't have to be a marriage it's it's anything where we think we're trapped in a circumstance that is beyond our control and how we just completely tie ourselves up in knots with all of that judgmental thinking so i'd just love to hear a bit more about that really how you see that yeah no i love that because it really was for years that I tortured myself with that thinking like, you know, like having a deep sense of I think there's more To having a partnership than what I'm experiencing like it, it like our our partnership felt over But then covering that over with just yeah all kinds of judgment about what it meant about me as a person what other people would think of me um, would I ruin my child's life uh, was a huge one. Um, I'm so ungrateful because it, you know, it's not like I was being beaten or he was an alcoholic or something, you know, like it just <laughs> <Yeah>. was, <laughs> um, gosh. Yeah. So the thing, the thing I did wrong, if you will, for a number of years was I kept going back into my head to try to figure it out to figure out how I could um, justify overcoming all of that guilty thinking to make a case to get out of the marriage. So I, like I swam in that for a, a couple of years probably. And what eventually happened, and I don't know how this happens except that it's just how our system, the system of thinking we have works. Like just one day, I realized like I had no idea what was really going to happen if I asked for a divorce and went through that process. Like I really had no idea. I had a lot of ideas about what I thought might happen, but I realized I don't know. Like I don't know what's going to happen. Wow. Um, and I don't know what other people are going to think. And I don't even know what I'm going to be thinking. And I don't know how well, my child will do but I did I did know that just the way it was wasn't good for any of us like all of a sudden that just got really clear like I'm not happy my ex wasn't happy my son was in the um, crossfire isn't it because we didn't really argue but just he was in a an environment where two people weren't thriving so it's gonna mm -hmm. be I just saw like okay it's gonna be impossible for him to thrive mm-hmm Mm. And then all of that guilt thinking and judgment thinking, it just sort of fell away. And every time I got quiet over, I don't know, a year's period of time, every time I got quiet, I knew what to do. 
And I'd get back in the swirl of the thinking, but every time I get quiet, it was the same answer. And that's like, that's what eventually led me to just sort of take the first step and say, okay, this is, you know, this isn't, this isn't working. And, and I, it's probably worth telling this part of the story that when I, when I eventually finally said to my husband, this is not working and I don't, I don't think I can do it anymore. He was not a happy camper. Like he was very angry, like very angry. And so did he feel it was working? He didn't, he didn't feel it was working. He didn't want to change though. Yeah. <laughs> so two really different things, right? Like he was not happy, but he did not want it to change. <laughs> yeah. um, I hear you. And so he really was said some very, very strong things to me about how it wasn't going to happen. And it scared me, quite frankly, um, to think, oh my gosh, like, am I going to have a battle? Because I didn't want a battle. Like, I really did not want to rip each other the threads. I didn't think it was, I didn't think we needed to do that. But I kept listening to my wisdom. My wisdom just said, be patient. I kept hearing this, this um, message over and over, be patient. And I had no, I, no clue what that meant. Like, it didn't, that was all I got. Like, it didn't give me a time frame. It didn't give me a, <laughs> a list of to-dos. No, nothing. <laughs> but it was just be patient. And what eventually happened like four or five months later was my ex became very ill over the holidays or right before the holidays that, that in 2015. And he couldn't get out of bed for like eight or nine days. And we were in the midst of this, you know, him knowing I wanted a divorce, but him being against it. And and somehow the illness did something to him. It gave him time to get drop out of his own head. And he came back to me after that and said, like, I think the reason I got this illness was for me to really reflect on what I wanted to do to you. <laughs> and I don't really want to do that to you. So if we're going to get divorced, let's make it the most peaceful one in history. Like, and I was just like, what? How could we go from... Yeah him wanting to rip me to shreds to peaceful divorces anyway. That's an example of how we really don't know how people are going to react. We really don't know what's going to happen, but we think we do. (laughs) We don't know. We And then it's funny, like as the divorce unfolded and as, um, you know, as people did end up weighing in with their opinion as people do that, you know, there were a few people that were just shocked and were kind of mad at me and whatever couple too, actually, but it was really funny how a number of people who knew me very, very well were really relieved and said, thank goodness we could see you not thriving. Wow. And it's so much really? better for the both. Yeah. Like it, it just was shocking. Like they could see in some way I was wilting and him too, you know, and, yeah. and, and he went on to get married very quickly after. <laughs> so he, you know, he's happy. <laughs> It's always worth telling that part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? So it is. All of that unfolded, even though you thought you had all of that judgment, guilty yes. thinking, you were ruining everything. Meanwhile, right. he's remarried. Right. <laughs> and you're all perfectly fine. Yeah. And, and it's funny because that thing of leaving him, it seemed really true to me at one point that that he was going to like, this is terrible, but like that he was going to die alone <laughs> because 
he was in such a stew and he could be so surly at times. And I, I remember saying to him one point, you, you are just gonna die alone. You need to get a grip. (laughs) Like literally our divorce was finalized and he started seeing someone within weeks and they got engaged in like two months. (laughs) That was so wrong. Oh, I love that. I love, I just love the surprise. (laughs) The unfolding, the great unfolding. The unexpected. And of course that it's a, it's, it's an uplifting ending because we don't wish that on people. No, even, <laughs> even when well, it's I not bad. Like I really thought well. I was going to leave and he was going to be <laughs> shriveled up alone. Like I really got <laughs> real to me. <laughs> I'm really laughing. Isn't we it think, funny? Yeah, we think we're so bloody important. Don't we, we do. <laughs> I totally got that. Like, oh, I guess I was wrong about that. You know, having trouble in love. It's not him. <laughs> Oh, that's so fantastic. It's hilarious. That's brilliant. On that wonderfully um, therapeutic note of, of laughter, um, let's, let's wrap up today. I know we'll be doing a lot more um, events together and, and what have you because we have such wonderful conversations, <laughs> which is why I wanted to kick off this new podcast with, with you as my, my guest. Um, but just before we wrap up, where can listeners find out more? about your work and your wonderful um, outlook on disaster. Oh. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I, um, I love when people find me on Facebook, um, which is Kimberly Kaiser, K-A-A-S-E. Uh, Cause I do a lot of Facebook lives and, um, and a lot of writing and stuff that's available there, but also at my website, which is www.life, L-I-F-E hyphen leap, L-E-A-P.com. Um, they can find out more about about the things that I do there. That's absolutely wonderful. So this has been Rachel, and I will be bringing you more podcasts. Uh, not exactly like this, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I can guarantee that. But, but hopefully, just as inspiring. And on the to begin your own living fearlessly journey, download your free living fearlessly kit at www.livingfearlessly.co.uk forward slash gift.